0: You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked
1: On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Bryce Paddock for the Dellsmore News, and you are locked on to the Texas Rangers. We are here today at the end of the baseball season with a very special episode. I've got a crossover episode with uh, three other locked on hosts. We've got Connor Newcomb of locked on Orioles, Gabrielle Starr of locked on Red Sox, and AJ Andrews of locked on Blue Jays. Um, get into a lot of Game six, the weird decision-making, the bad decision-making on the part of both teams, both managerial and uh, Justin Turner-wise, get a lot of outing on that. Uh, Also about how baseball can't get out of its own way, um, even in the celebration of the sport, they still can't stop tripping over themselves um, and how embarrassing that is. But first, today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. So, there's a lot we get into in this episode. Um, I feel like it's much better uh, if I just let all of us tell you what it's about. Um, So, really great episode. Very glad to be a part of this little um, quad of of great hosts um, and a lot of baseball talk in there. So, I will let us just get down to it. Roger this word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is new and improved and even more delicious. There are 18 amazing, amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. There's six new ones, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They are covered in 100% chocolate, which means they're soft and easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in an absolutely delicious treat. You, you already know that the bars are high in protein and high in fiber, but did you know that they're also low-calorie and low-sugar? They're great for the keto diet. Best of all, Built Bar has a new promo code with all of our, our uh, listeners. You can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. I think those are probably gone, but you never know until you try it. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at builtbar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by RockAuto.com. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to RockAuto.com to find a shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. That's hundreds with two zeros. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts and tail lamps, motor oil. They've even got new carpet. Yeah, new carpet too. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything you need in just a few easy clicks and it's delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog, yeah, you know it's unique and it's remarkably easy to navigate as well. You quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck, and choose for the brand's specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, those prices at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low and they're the same for pros or do it yourselfers. Why'd you spend up to twice as much for the same exact parts? I don't know. You shouldn't. You should just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com.
2: All right, so we've got a little Game 6 uh, World Series roundtable going on here. Uh, of course, Connor Newcomb here from Locked on Orioles. AJ Andrews, the host of Locked on Blue Jays. Gabrielle Starr, host of Locked on Red Sox. And Bryce Patrick, the host of of locked on rangers all here to talk game six of the world series and uh first of all how's everybody doing is uh we are officially uh, at the end of the 2020 baseball season
0: i'm glad i hear i'm here to bring some level of playoff experience in 2020 to this group (laughs) even Uh, if it's only two games
1: does this make me the host since since the World Series was was technically at my stadium?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. We've all vaulted into uh, to Arlington, Texas, and the uh, the big airplane hangar uh, that that's, <laughs> that this World Series uh, was played in. And you know it it, it only feels right to uh, hand the mic over to to Gabrielle to start this because. She just watched Mookie Betts win a World Series with the Los Angeles <laughs> Dodgers. Of course, he kind of put the game away uh, with that solo home run in the eighth inning off of Pete Fairbanks, and uh, I'm, I'm assuming that moment itself, you know, kind of feeling like the Rays weren't going to get two runs, kind of uh, brought up some emotions, and, uh, you know, w- what was it like, Gabrielle, to, to watch Mookie finish it off and know that he's, uh, he's going to be around with that squad for another 12 years?
3: Well, for him, I'm thrilled. Like, I'm so happy for him. I think the consensus of most Red Sox fans is we are happy for Mookie because he deserved a big deal. And, you know, it's the Red Sox loss. Of course, unfortunately, it's also Red Sox fans loss. but we didn't want him to go. And, but of course, you know, being fans watching this happen, you know, it's painful to be like, wow, he homered in the deciding game of World Series because he did the same thing two years ago today. He homered in game five of the 2018 World Series. And kind of he and JD Martinez put that game away, bringing the championship home to Boston from Los Angeles. So, you know, it, the, the mirroring there was very, like recognizing him doing that again, it was very painful. But Obviously, you know, you wish him nothing but the best. It was really nice for Clayton Kershaw, for Dave Roberts, of course, because yesterday was the anniversary of the 2004 World Series, and they don't win that without Dave Roberts. So there's a lot of symbolism going around. Um, but ultimately, I mean, it's going to take a long time for Red Sox fans to forgive Red Sox ownership for this deal, which has very Babe Ruth vibes to it. Um especially earlier in the series when Mookie became the first player since Babe Ruth to take a walk and steal two bases in the same inning in a postseason game. So, you know, there, it, there's just so many little threads of connectivity that reminded Red Sox fans throughout this series, just it, it's like being punched in the stomach over and over and over again. And it doesn't mean that the Red Sox fans aren't, you know, we're happy for Mookie. We're sad for ourselves kind of thing of like, it's very bittersweet.
0: I was going to say, the the way you you asked that, Connor, can I just say how happy I am the Rays didn't win, so you tried to pull that on me with Aaron Loop? (laughs) Because the way you asked that is like, hey, Gabrielle, I know you had to sell off your 1997 vintage Ferrari for a million (laughs) dollars. What's it like watching the new owner drive that around while you sit there in your 2005 Honda Civic?
3: (laughs) as someone who had a honda civic i feel this metaphor very deeply
1: as someone who currently drives a honda civic i also feel this metaphor
0: (laughs) the only reason i said a honda civic is because i don't drive one anymore i drive a corolla
2: hey they're solid cars but 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 bryce to you you know uh we talked to gabrielle about what it's like watching you know her former star of her team win it for another team what was it like as a Rangers fan watching uh the World Series being played in your uh interesting brand new ballpark? Well garbage. <laughs>
0: that's, that's a very kinda... uplifting podcasts.
1: Honestly, like I mean, we're a bunch of we're a bunch of sad teams here. That's that's who we are. We we know who we are. Um there were very few, like this was one of my favorite world series to watch even though it was in my home stadium but like i knew the rangers were going to be terrible this year like everybody do that there was no expectation they'd be good like there was literally no offense besides joey gallo they went and got like todd frazier and were like oh yeah that'll do it that's the one thing that this team was make- missing to make him a contender like no what are you talking about but um i was very happy as a neutral fan that the the Astros didn't get in there because there was a possibility of Cardinals Astros playing in a world series at Globe Life Field in the first season it existed. And I, I said very openly, if that happens, I'm going to walk in the ocean and I'm never going to come back. Like that's, that's it. Um, But I really love watching Clayton Kershaw pitch. He's a Dallas native. Um, He actually goes to the same church that I do um, and I see him like every Christmas pretty much, which is kind of fun and exciting. And I try not to freak out and be a total fanboy. Um, but fail every year. Um, but it was just good baseball. But still, it hurts to watch a team win a World Series at your new stadium. Look how fa- they're like just so excited about this new stadium. Look how fancy it is and whatever. But it's it's not your team, so it just it hurts real bad.
2: Yeah, it's it's obviously the first you know neutral site World Series. We'll see. It's on the list of the many things Rob Manfred might you know just F around and employ over the next couple of years. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see what be. happens. To be fair,
3: though, to be fair, though, just to history nerd for a second, um, in the early 1900s, the Red Sox would actually play World Series games at the Brave, the Boston Braves Stadium because it was much bigger. First, because there was no Fenway Park and then because the Braves ballpark was actually at, um, on Huntington was actually much bigger than Fenway park. And so they wanted to allow more fans in to be able to see the game. So this is the first neutral site of obviously most of our lifetimes, but, um, (laughs) for someone like my great uncle, who's almost 103 years old, uh, he actually remembers going to Red Sox games at, um, you know, watching the Braves play, watching the Red Sox play, not at, um, Fenway park for postseason games
0: can i can i just
3: say on the topic
0: of rob manfred if you had told me at the start of 2020 that when when presenting trophies that gary bettman would not have been booed by a stadium full of fans and that rob manfred would have gotten the living tar booed out of him by a stadium of fans i would have laughed in your face
3: can Um, we talk about manfred
2: yeah that was definitely an interesting uh deal last night now i to back him up, it, it I do feel like the takes about him hearing himself in his own ear is valid because when you're trying to talk to a group of people and you have something in your ear that's essentially giving you the feedback of what you're saying, basically turns your brain to soup. Uh, but it still was not a good look for Manfred last night.
1: No, and I think it's really poetic and, and perfect that uh, he's the one who made sure that there were fans in the stadium and they were the ones who were booing him. I just think that's kind of poetic.
0: I was I was going to say you don't think that's a good look for Manfred has anything been a good look for Manfred I was say, like, has Manfred I, ever had a good look though let's be I, real here I, probably I, not I mean I mean this season went forward and was completed in spite of Rob Manfred not because of him all all the things not he to tried mention
3: to do, not to mention the way I mean I'm sure that we were going to talk about this at some point but the way that the game ended in terms of the justin turner thing only reminds you how mismanaged this baseball season was from the very beginning because it started with them focusing on money instead of covid protocol and it ended with them focusing on money over covid protocol i mean they look at how the season started and look at what happened at the celebrations last night at the end of the game
0: Yeah, and I I actually understand the Dodgers' line of thinking bringing Justin Turner back onto the field because I know a bunch of people were like, well, why are you bringing him on there? I'm like, well, he's been in the dugout without a mask for the first five innings of the game. They're probably already going to get it because MLB was so freaking terrible. How do you not get a response
3: until the middle of the freaking game? That's but al- that's just laughable. But also, like, it's kind of the same as saying, you know, there are racists and criminals in the Hall of Fame for baseball, so we should let Kurt Schilling in. Like, just because he was already around, I understand from a logical standpoint that, you know, he'd already been around his teammates for the entire day. But at the same time, if somebody was lucky enough to not get COVID from him, bringing him back around his teammates to then expose them again. It's like, okay, so we want to make sure our bases are covered that he infects everybody. Like he didn't, he didn't even wear his it's, he wasn't even wearing his mask when he was sitting next to Dave Roberts and Dave Roberts is a cancer survivor. Like, like, the level of, you know, it's one thing for him to stand on the other side of the field and hold the trophy by himself with his wife. And then, you know, they wipe down the trophy and they bring it back to everybody else. I get that. But for one thing, he was told to isolate. And then he and the Dodgers just demanded that he be let on the field. Like, okay, that you're not the people in a position of authority here. You're not doctors. And Then he's like palling around with his teammates, hugging people, sitting next to his manager without a mask on for the team photo, kissing his wife. Like, it it was so ridiculous to me to see this happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And the the thing about that, like that uh, one of the things that I had concerns about, like when reading about the NBA bubble and how they wanted everyone to wear masks all the time. And I was like, well, if they're going to be like playing against each other, then like, why are they going to be wearing masks when they're like not apart? And I was listening to uh, an epidemiologist say it's about the number of limiting the number of contacts and the number of attempts where you could spread it. So like, yeah, you can't do anything about like the basketball or being on the field and the dugout, whatever. But like. You can limit like wearing a mask when you're not playing baseball, when you're when you've already tested positive twice. It's not just one. It's not like one false positive. It's two positive tests. And the fact that he just got to get out there because like, oh, well, he insisted. Like, what is your job? What is the whole point? Why did he come out of the game even? Like, what what are we doing here? What was the point of any of these protocols? It's obviously not for health and safety. It's pretty much just for PR and how it looks and how it looks is pretty freaking bad.
0: I mean, the zombie insisted he wanted to come into my house. How could I say no?
1: <laughs> well, he right. wanted the you, vampire so okay. insisted
3: I bite. I bite him, so I let you know. I let him. Like, it. I it just. It's just so indicative of MLB's priorities, and you know, like I've been saying for years, Manfred's not a good commissioner because he's literally i mean he's a good commissioner if you're a team owner because he's making you billions of dollars but if you're a fan or a player or a minor leaguer or like literally anybody besides the team owners the the game of baseball for you has suffered and we saw it in perfect form last night when like at every opportunity that something good happens in baseball like yes there were tons of covid cases in major league baseball this season Eduardo Rodriguez for example missed the entire season cuz he developed myocarditis. You know, you finally make it through the end of the season, a season that people did not think was going to come to a World Series. They did like I I think about how many times like AJ and I talked about this when we did one of our crossovers of like how is this season actually going to come to completion. So you're celebrating the World Series, you're celebrating the Dodgers winning for the first time in 32 years, and even that moment is damp is darkened and dampened by this situation with Justin Turner, and it's like at every possible opportunity for MLB to have some good PR, to have a nice moment, to have something wholesome, to make people happy, they just ruin it. It is so baffling to me how this organization shoots itself in the foot at every possible opportunity.
2: Yeah, and it's it's such a good point there because you know I obviously stayed up and, and watched the whole game last night and watched the celebration. Um, And, you know, knew about Justin Turner, you know, was up for that uh, with his positive test and everything. And I just woke up, you know, feeling like exhausted by being a baseball fan and, you know, being someone who, you know, is critical of what the sport is doing surrounding its COVID protocols, but also, you know, trying in other ways to, you know, be someone who in general is just trying to defend the sport. Itself to people who you know say it's it's too long or it's boring or you know things like that and and just to to be met with you know oh we're we're gonna not make ourselves look good and and you also learned a lot about what the protocols were for COVID nineteen testing throughout the postseason we we kind of knew what the whole protocol was during the regular season but we knew things would change because you know they were going to neutral sites now they're letting fans in we learned yesterday that essentially you got to test. Uh you know, in the morning, and you weren 't getting the results of that test back until the next afternoon uh or evening, even and you know justin turner 's test you know that he got back was inconclusive, they said in the second inning that 's enough to pull him out of the game uh right you know One soto
3: wasn 't allowed to start the season for weeks because he had a false positive, and yet somehow when it 's the world series uh you know an inconclusive test you know just let him in there whatever
0: they they focus on safety until it's inconvenient for their narrative and they tried to cover it up and it just ended up being so much worse because of it and again that does speak to the just complete mismanagement of this sport that the top levels are committing and that is squarely on rob manfred and it's like you said, Connor, it's so hard to be able to actually enjoy, you know, watching Los Angeles. Or defend it to like, other people.
3: Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I
0: stopped trying.
3: I can't no, it's defend not. that. Like if 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 like, someone doesn't like baseball at this point, first of all, probably a lot of their concerns are actually going to be valid. And also, you know, we just look ridiculous for trying to defend things like this in especially in a year where Manfred could have literally just copied everything that Adam Silver did for the NBA and he just didn't and the nba no. had zero cases the entire the NHL, season
1: WNBA I mean, as well in wsl like they they all NHL. did it so much better yeah
3: yeah yeah it's like, not like he didn't have a roadmap. every
0: other league every other league except for the nfl has done a better job of managing covid than mlb did
3: and i mean the protocol Set the updated protocol from the first page. It's not even like you have to look for this. It says after a club receives notice of a positive test result for a player or staff member, the club notifies the infected individual, requires him or her to isolate parentheses, meaning no contact with anyone other than medical professionals, and parentheses until they are cleared to return to club facilities and conducts an, imme- an immediate contact tracing investigation.
2: Yeah, I think we learned uh, <laughs> yesterday, but I, I think we learned yeah. basically that um, you know, and we probably knew this in our heads, but didn't want to quite believe it, or maybe we did, and now we have proof that Rob Manfred's worst nightmare, as we got to this World Series, was not so much a player testing positive, getting sick, having COVID nineteen, spreading it to its, to his teammates. Rob Manfred's worst nightmare was that leading to a potential scheduling situation where the Rays score three in the ninth last night, hold on and win. And major league baseball has to push back game seven of the world series. I think we learned last night that that, you know, not being able to play your game seven when you want to was more of an issue to Rob Manfred than the players testing positive and getting sick. And I think we probably thought that because it's all about the money, but it felt like last night kind of proved that to us.
1: The thing oh. is, I don't know. Would they have pushed it back even? Like, that's my question. Is like, what would they do? I feel like Rob Manfred would have tried his darndest to play Game Seven the very next day and pretend right. like
0: nothing happened. Yeah, but then it's, how it's can you say like, that's a champion? Like,
3: it's almost like how do you like? I, I genuinely can't tell which is worse. Like, how they would have handled this if the Rays had won last night and pushed a Game Seven, or how they actually handled it in the way that it ended up playing out last night. I can't. I. I don't know. Like what would they have done
0: you can't you can't tell me it would have been any kind of legitimate if Rob Manfred went to the Dodgers and say yeah you're gonna play tonight but you can't have anyone who may have tested positive or has been in close contact with Justin Turner so get Gavin Lux ready get half half your team from Oklahoma City ready and try and win game seven of the World Series against the Rays
1: I think they would have just tried to cover it up and say you can't have Justin Turner, but everything else is fine like i, right, I think like he, they would have tried real
3: hard to try got and a cover family emergency up. or something mm-hmm. yeah.
1: exactly. I don't think we would have found out about it
2: it's a it's a balance we you know think of now, you know uh, a balance of yes, good that it ended last night when this happened, and there is no more games to think about, and we can focus on keeping everyone safe between Thank the balance you. of. I Can really I, want to – I was just going to say the balance of that between what – I really want to see what Rob Manfred would have done had the Rays won that game last night.
0: I am very you, curious. You know, you know who we should be thanking then? Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash saved the world from a nightmare <laughs> scenario where game seven would be thrown into question because of his stupid, stupid pitching decisions this entire World Series. You know, hey, dude, I know, but, That was I, know a,
2: I just got to say, I'll, I'll hand it to you, Bryce – that was a 12 out of 10 transition to what actually happened <laughs> in the game last night. And now we go to Bryce. You know, I know a
1: thing or two about bad managerial decisions in game sixes <laughs> of the world. Series, you know? <laughs> and I'm just glad that there will be a, a moment in a game six of a world series that happened in Arlington, at, actually entirely that will take some of the focus off the worst ever um, thing to happen in the world series ever.
3: I mean, yeah, this I, mean, I compared him to Grady. I compared him to Grady Little in the ALCS, but that's the ALCS. It's not the World Series. I mean, but that was painful. Yeah, I mean, we guessing. we had that if, again as the only
0: person whose team was in the playoffs. We had that against Tampa Bay when Matt Shoemaker got pulled in Game One after three perfect innings, and it's like, well, you couldn't have let him go for you couldn't. Have, you, you know, he was on his game, and. It seemed like Kevin Cash took that message and took entirely the wrong thing with it because, I mean, between letting Glasnow stay out there for, like, 115 pitches when he had nothing, yes. pulling calling Blake Snell a Cy Young winner when he did. like, what
3: for, Was it, like, 73, even, 73 pitches, two hits?
0: Yeah, and not even for a guy who, you know has been on. Nick Anderson gave up runs in, like, six straight outings in the six playoffs. Straight,
1: six straight outings. That, like, that... I I can't rationalize taking out Snow. I hate it. It's a bad move, like, obviously, in hindsight. Like, in foresight, it should have caught that. But, like, putting in Nick Anderson, who had a 9 ERA in the playoffs, just, like, no. No. What are you doing? Actually, i mean, but six straight appearances in a elimination game... Like, a one-run game you are winning, like, what are you doing? And you didn't want him to face the top of the order uh, again, struck out all of them twice?
3: What? Yeah. Kevin, Kevin Cash made Dave Roberts look like a good pitcher manager in, lo- in last <laughs> night's game. Like, Dave Roberts was vilified for his pitching decisions last year in the postseason, 2018 in the postseason. I mean, he has... Like, I remember specifically in the 2018 World Series against the Red Sox, he took out, I believe, Rich Hill and he brought in a pitcher who, like, the night before or two nights before had given up a massive bomb to a Red Sox player and, like, given up a bunch of hits and it just had a terrible outing. And I was like, is Dave Roberts still low key, like a Red Sox fan that he's doing this right now? It was that level of absurdity that that was happening. And of course, the minute that pitcher came into the game, he gave up like a three run homer. Um, and it was like, oh my God. So, I mean, to say that Dave Roberts wasn't the worst manager of pitchers in this world series, you, I really think like with Kevin Cash, like the Rays had a chance to win that game last night. Obviously, they needed more than one run. The the bats were going to wake up at some point. You know, Randy Rosarina can't carry this team forever. But oh my God, he might. I, Blake I really Snell, like Blake <laughs> Snell, would I I I genuinely think you could have seen a complete game from Blake Snell, and bringing in the pitcher that you did, like especially choosing Anderson. It's it's just such an indictment of. Analytics And I'm not going to say, you know, both teams are very analytic driven, especially because Andrew Friedman came from the Rays, mm-hmm. but it was an example of analytics not being the end all be all of baseball. And I think to go back for briefly just a second to the conversation about how baseball is just not defensible to non fans anymore. You know, the increase in the importance and prioritization of analytics in this game is one of the reasons that a lot of people don't find baseball appealing because the eye test doesn't matter anymore. The basic stats don't matter anymore. It's all about the analytics. And it's to the point where like, you feel like you need a freaking master's degree in analytics to even be a baseball fan or otherwise you're made to feel like a moron. Yeah. And 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 it ruins games. Like, Like that game last night, could have been a game six out of seven. Blake Snell could have pitched a complete game shutout, a la Sandy Koufax, and instead he gets pulled after 73 pitches and two hits. Two hits! The Red Sox give up two hits per every single batter somehow. <laughs> going to It sigh. takes the Red Sox like six outs to get out of one inning somehow with the way that their pitchers work, and you're going to deprive Blake Snell like, Oh, my God. The poor single, guy. Too. It's
1: not like they were, like, yeah. super hard hit. Like one Right. Was like it's not like it was a homer curve. or anything. One was like one hanging curveball that, like, was, was looped into right field for a single, and then the other was another single. It's like, are you kidding me?
0: I mean, this is the exact same thing that I said on Lockdown On Blue Jays after that thing. And Charlamontoyo came from that raised tree, so he's very analytics-minded as well. Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins, very analytics-minded. But I... I made that contrast to John Gibbons who, you know, did take in analytics, but went with his gut feeling a lot of times. And, and, you know, we had that earlier in the playoffs too. And I hate to bring up Houston in a way that bolsters my argument, but here we go. Dusty Baker going out to Zach Greinke and looking him in the eye and like, can you get this guy? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, go do it. Manager's, can take in information, but they're not just managers of numbers, they're managers of people. And when they forget that, you have these blow-up situations and, you know, numbers will lie. Numbers will fool you. You have to be able to read every facet of the situation and just not, you know, put all your faith into a computer, because that's, that's basically cowardly. You're doing that so you could say, well, the numbers told us to to do... No, take some freaking responsibility and be an actual manager and not just a a a numbers, like like checking Finger numbers off a list. Exactly.
1: It's like when Paul George got out of the playoffs with Damian Lillard hitting like a 43-foot shot. Like the numbers say that's a bad shot. Paul George said that's a bad shot. He still hits it. And like the numbers support a, like a large variety, like in the sample size, 162 games. Yeah, follow the numbers. But in an elimination game, like you gotta trust your gut players and the guys who are elite to like do exactly what they want.
3: If your starting pitcher is better than your bullpen options and your starting pitcher's pitch count is that low, you stick with your starter because even if it's the third time through the top of the order, he's the guy that's getting it done. And you know, it's that it's that old thing of like, you know, with Mariano Rivera, for example. Um, obviously not a starter, but like was totally lights out for over you know almost two decades. Basically, you knew what Mariano was going to throw to you. The thing is, he was so good at it, it didn't matter that you knew what was coming because you still couldn't hit it. And it, and that's exactly what it is. And analytics the, aren't going to prove that.
1: And yeah, it, but it, the analytics it, did say that uh, Mookie Betts was really bad at hitting left-handers, and they just ignored that and right, gave him a right-hander. That too. And what?
0: And it eliminated any advantage they had going into that game. The more pitchers you have to use in a game, the more likely one of them is going to have a bad game because that's just how people are. People are not 100% all the time. So the more variables you bring into that, the more likely you're going to have a Nick Anderson who gives up a home run or a Pete Fairbanks who gives up a home run. Tampa Bay took their one reliable. going into that game and Blake Snell and totally misused him and for that they deserve all the
3: games of all the games and all the pitchers like I would have expected this in a game with a lesser starting pitcher than Blake Snell but when you have like your Cy Young winning pitcher on the team on the on the mound like of all the games it's just it you can't write a script more ridiculous than that
2: well, I there's be one thing that we're not that...
1: considering about why the uh why the Dodgers won. Um they I do believe they had a very unfair advantage. They had a Seager hitting in Arlington and that's just downright <laughs> illegal. <laughs> because that was? Kyle Seager has destroyed the Rangers for his entire career. Like absolutely destroyed them. And so I think there's a little bit of the Seager curse um on Arlington and that transferred a little bit to Pete Fairbanks because he is a former Ranger. Um and I think that's why he gave up all those home runs. It's just he had a little bit of Rangers curse and a little bit of Seager curse as well. I think that's just a little bit unfair for the Dodgers, but, you know.
0: Well, and and if Dave Roberts is managing like a Red Sox fan, he couldn't mess up Mookie's chance at another World Series MVP or ring, could he? So.
2: I did want to go back know. to something Bryce had, had said, you know, I'm going to play like half devil's advocate here and basically be mad at Kevin Cash for a different part of this decision. Um, For Blake Snell, now he was dealing. That was the best we'd seen Blake Snell look since he won the Cy Young in 2018. There's no question about that. However, I think if you just, and I know his pitch count was low and he can get deeper into the game, but if you just look at length, he hadn't gone six innings since 2019. He hadn't gone seven innings since 2018. So, I don't think Blake Snell would have thrown you know a complete game shutout or eight innings there. He definitely should have gone longer into the game. The reason that I think Kevin Cash screwed this up is that he went to Nick Anderson, and with the amount of horses that he has in the stable, as he likes to put it, um we talked about it six consecutive appearances uh giving up a run in the postseason. Nick Anderson frankly had a bad postseason. He had an incredible regular season. He went on the injured list. When he came back, he wasn't the same pitcher. And, you know, among the guys like the Diego Castillos and the Pete Fairbanks, I know he gave up a home run, but, you know, the guys like that, even the Aaron Loops of the world, Ryan Thompson, all these guys had better postseasons than Nick Anderson did. And if you're going to pull Blake Snell, which, you know, I get wasn't a great decision, but it's what the Rays have done all postseason, and it got that team with that pretty bad offense, uh to game six of the world series. That plan got them all the way there. If that's going to be your plan, then fine. You can't go to the guy at with the top of the lineup that's given up a run in six straight outings. And I think honestly, that's what I'm more upset with with Kevin Cash about because I feel like he stuck to the Rays plan, whether you like that plan or not. He stuck to the Rays plan the entire postseason, which was get me five innings from my starter and then we'll see about the sixth. Um and He just didn't go to the right reliever, and I think everybody knew that because of Anderson's struggles, and and that's where it left us. But to kind of wrap up here, you know, all this happened, and the Rays still, they only scored one run. They got the Arena home run in the first inning. That was it. They really never threatened much. Uh, They got a couple on in the second inning, uh, but that was about it. And that was the issue the whole postseason for the Rays. You know, they hit some big home runs, but their big bats didn't really get going. You know, Brandon Lau had three big home runs, but those were his only three world series hits and he was in a terrible slump all postseason. You know, Willie Adamas was, was fighting it. You know, they didn't get a whole lot from, from Austin Meadows. He had a pretty bad postseason as well. Um, And so my question to you guys as kind of a last thing before we wrap up, Kevin Cash, yes, made this terrible move and it, and it cost the Rays a game six, but do you feel like, because I do feel like this, that, that finally, the best team throughout the regular season and throughout the playoffs finally won the world series.
0: I don't think there's any question. I mean, you look at some of the stats, I think the Dodgers had the fourth best per game run differential of any team ever. So, I mean, you can hardly argue (laughs) that they're not a worthy winner. Um, I will say that the Rays did have a bit of a smoke and mirrors thing going on offense because it was essentially Randia Rosarena and Manuel Margot, who eliminated the Blue Jays. And my God, am I not happy about facing Randia Arozarena in the division for the next 10 years.
3: Yeah, that's, I said rid- the same thing on Locked on Red Sox. I was like, cool that we need – we have no pitchers and we're going to have to face this guy for the next decade.
0: <laughs> Finally got rid of Mookie Betts and now this guy shows
3: up. Ouch. But, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Gab. It's okay. But, but- – <laughs> Before we yeah. end, though, guys, um, Major League Baseball just released a statement on Justin Turner. So I figured this would be a good way for us to end. Okay. Um, yeah. Bad. yeah. <laughs> um, so here it is. <laughs> In response to inquiries, Major League Baseball issued the following statement today regarding the circumstances involving Los Angeles Dodgers third baseman Justin Turner, colon, quote, Immediately upon receiving notice from the laboratory of a positive test, protocols were triggered leading to the removal of Justin Turner from last night's game. Turner was placed into isolation for the safety of those around him. However, following the Dodgers victory, it is clear that Turner chose to disregard the agreed upon joint protocols and the instructions he was given regarding the safety and protection of others. While a celebrate while a desire to celebrate is understandable, Turner's decision to leave isolation and enter the field was wrong and put everyone he came in contact with at risk. When major league baseball security raised the matter of being on the field with Turner, he emphatically refused to comply. The commissioner's office is beginning a full investigation into this matter and will consult with the players association within the parameters of the joint 2020 operations manual. Last night, Nasal swabs were conducted on the Dodgers traveling party. Both the Rays and Dodgers were tested again today and their travel back to their home cities will be determined after being approved by the appropriate authorities.
0: So basically baseball saying, well, we tried to politely ask the zombie to not enter our home, but the zombie emphatically refused to comply. And there was nothing we
3: we could do about it because we will look at sanctioning the
0: zombies for what they did.
3: Like I mean, oh like God. based on the way that the last two investigations went last winter, we all know this is a bunch of bull.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it uh, kind of I mean, seemed like the uh the club penguin meme where it's like 911, what's your emergency? It's like I'm being stabbed, and the club penguin penguins like, what? He can't do that. Stabbing's illegal. Um and <laughs> that's that's pretty much what this uh what uh, this sounds like. But you nailed it. it'll be interesting to see what transpires from this justin turner news um and what a weird and uncomfortable way to end the season uh but i feel like we did get a good world series we got an unforgettable game four of course and we got the best team in baseball finally winning we got to see clayton kershaw finally get to uh, hold the world series trophy which was good for him because that is what i believe to be the best pitcher of our generation but aj bryce gabrielle thank you so much for uh Doing the round table as we talked about game six. And uh, again, just purely baseball wise, uh, gave us a lot to talk about and was a good World Series. And of course, a lot surrounding what was a, a weird 2020 season. Thanks
3: On to 2021.
0: I Thanks, y'all. Look forward to being the only person in the playoffs again next year.
1: Yep. you. Uh, we're not going to be there. We're that's a
0: <laughs> Sorry, y'all.
1: Oh. Uh... You don't owe me an apology, but the ownership does.